0: Hello, superstars. Welcome back to the next installment in our Awesome Overflow series. You guys, it's March 2019, and I have here with me my lovely co-host, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hi. We are here to do our monthly Awesome Overflow, where we just talk about the things that, for whatever reason, didn't make it on the show, but have been pretty important in our lives in the past month. As always, superstars, we are so, so thankful for the support that you give to the show. We have so much fun with you all as a community, and we truly are so thankful for your partnership with us as we continue to uh, grow sort of awesome and continue to put our awesome message, the awesome revolution, really, out into the world. So it's March. Rebecca, a couple of notable things from this month, something that you and I have in common is that we we've made it through this most recent season of the bachelor
1: oh my goodness yes the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> this oh, this is so a crazy intense. one
0: the one of the reasons i stopped watching the bachelor many a year ago when there was only a few seasons out i mean I had some problems back then. But one of the things that drove me crazy was the constant hype of The Most Dramatic This Ever, The Most Dramatic Rose Ceremony Ever, The Most Dramatic Conclusion Ever. It's so dumb when they say that for literally year after year. Like, how dramatic can it be? But Rebecca, this season
1: was actually the most dramatic one ever. I know. It was it was really intense. Yeah. It was really intense. So for anybody who is not actually watching The Bachelor, number one, shame on you. <laughs> Come
0: over to the dark side.
1: I did. And I had exactly. a blast. <laughs> Number two. So this is what happened. Our lead man, our bachelor was down to his final 3 women and he had an intense connection with one of them that was very obvious to me from early on Meg did you also see this yeah. with him and Cassie Yeah definitely yes it was there okay. for sure So he was really into this one woman and she like self evacuated like she like <laughs> that's what that's what they call it on Big Brother <laughs>
0: Yes, she hit the eject button herself. Which, by the way, she was like the fourth. I mean, this was at the very end of the season, but wasn't she the fourth contestant to be like, you know what, we're not a good fit, I'm out. Yes,
1: I heard in a podcast that this is the most people who have self eliminated out of any season before. What What is wrong with? Cole? I know. Is he Is he maybe a little bit of a dork? Like, is he really not that, bless that cool? His, bless his heart. I don't know.
0: I That was surprising to me, for sure. So, but yes, go ahead to finish up because I, I have some thoughts here. And I know you do, yes. too. Yes.
1: So Cassie decided that she could not end the season with a proposal that she would, like, she would not accept a proposal in the end. And I feel like... What she really was trying to say is, I'm uncertain. I don't want to deny you of what you came here for, Colton. You came here for an engagement, for a wife, for settling down, for kids, all of that. And I feel like I'm not ready for any of that. And I don't know if I can get there. And leaving feels easier than staying. That's what I really think was it for her. Mm -hmm. I think she might also... Maybe struggle with making decisions, yep, I have hashtag s- relatable
0: <laughs> I have some theories on Cassie here in a minute, but yes, so then he goes ahead and breaks up with ends the relationship with the other two contestants who were really caught off guard by this whole development, but he you know they were they were anticipating the show to finish out the way it always does with two final contestants left standing, they go meet his family. And then there's a final rose ceremony and a proposal. This is what all of them were sort of anticipating. But he really was like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, In fact, he famously or infamously, I guess, uh, made a run at a (laughs) fence and jumped the
1: fence in his despair. (laughs) Oh, poor Colton. I mean, it really was heartbreaking. And and kind of sweet, where he was like, "It." he says that he realized in that moment for certain that Cassie walking away was the last thing that he wanted. He, I think he really did have feelings for the other women. I think he would have chose Cassie in the end regardless. But I think seeing her walk away and the utter devastation that that caused him really did open his eyes to the extreme depth of his feelings. And so, yeah, he broke it off with the other two and said, I'm going to go after Cassie. I want I want another chance at this. I'm not just going to let her... Walk away from this because this feels so right to me. Yeah, I'm willing to wait for her. So in the end, he does break it off with the other two women. He goes
0: back to Cassie and says, "We don't even have to get engaged. I just can we have more time? Can we get to know each other? Can we date?" And that's sort of how things have ended, in the sense that they are together but not engaged.
1: Right. So
0: that. Was the context of this very, very dramatic ending to The Bachelor this season. Um, but I feel so conflicted about how it ended because Cassie had expressed like, I just, I, I wish happiness for you. I just don't think that we are like meant to be together or I know I'm not ready for some kind of long term, you, you all, she's 23 years old. Um, You know, she's saying, like, I I just don't see um, a long term commitment, you know, all of these things. And on the one hand, it is sweet that he, and especially that he knew, like, this is okay. I came on this show. I agreed to be The Bachelor because I do want to have some kind of, I want to find love. You know, that's what they're, they all say. Um, But at the same time, here's, this is how old I am, Rebecca. I was looking at what happened with Cassie, not Putting myself in Cassie's shoes as a contestant on The Bachelor, I was thinking about it from a parent's perspective, because I could like feasibly be Cassie's mom. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's a stretch, uh, well, but that's a, yeah, okay. Here, calm, calm down with your um, with your uh, old shame here. I don't think you're that old. <laughs> The season did enough old shaving in and of I, itself. I know. That's why this whole <laughs> thing is quite ironic.
0: Um, but truly, I thought I thought about if one of my daughters had a guy who was pursuing her and she tried to say, you know, like, I just, you know, I I love you. I care for you. I want you to be happy, but it's just not happening on my end. And the guy just like kept pursuing, kept pursuing, I would be like, this is a Red flag, like we need to take note of this. So I found, on the one hand, I can see the romantic angle of it, and the sort of you know just all out when you know you know kind of thing for Colton. I totally get that, right. but I do feel a little troubled for Cassie. And here's what here's my thing. Okay, on the podcast recaps of this season, they had the audacity to suggest that Colton, our bachelor is a type nine. He is not. Jamie and Knox have lost their minds because (laughs) no, absolutely not. Colton loves being in the spotlight way too much to be a nine, but I actually think Cassie might be. She really, whatever person she was with, whether it was Colton or when her dad flew to Portugal to have that conversation with her about what she was doing, Um, And if she was making the right decision, it's like whoever she's with, she aligned herself with what they were saying. Yes, yes, I I see that. And that's a very nice thing to do. I speak from personal experience. And so it just troubles me that she was trying to express to him, like, I just it's not me. And that he was so like, relentless in his pursuit. I don't know.
1: Well Am I Am I overthinking this Rebecca? No. (laughs) I think she really could be a nine, and I think that she really could be just kind of plain house to like make Colton feel better. And like I said before, I think for her at the moment leaving felt easier than staying. But then when he came back and he said, No, 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 I broke up with everybody else. Forget the system of how the show is supposed to work. I'm turning all of that on its head, and I'm pursuing you. At that moment, it probably felt the opposite then. Yeah. That staying then felt easier than going again. Yeah. That's totally what I'm saying. Yeah. But now, I also think that this is so interesting. When we talk about how romantic this might be for Colton to be like, no, no. I can't, I simply can't see you walk away. I'm going after this. If this was a woman doing this for a man, what kind of feedback would she be receiving? Because I think everybody would be saying, girl, you deserve better than that. Screw him. Don't go after a guy that isn't interested in you. Like you hold out and you wait. Don't you dare settle. Don't try to pursue him. Don't try to change his mind. Screw him. And you get yourself your true prince charming. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people would be
0: saying it's romantic. I know. No, they wouldn't. They would be saying that, or the flip side of that, like that she was She's like the, desperate. Yeah, desperate, or like the yeah. whole crazy ex girlfriend trope. I mean, yeah, yes. it would definitely all of these dynamics would play out so differently if the gender roles were reversed. I am a hundred percent sure about that. So,
1: well, <sighs> That's I a think that. Colton made the right choice. Mm -hmm. I think he did everything the way that he should have done it. I really loved the breaking of the Bachelor mold. I loved the peeking behind the scenes. I loved when we saw, you know, Chris Harrison. Going after Colton and pursuing him and the talks that we've seen with the producers. I love that moment when he broke up with Hannah G and he was crying, hugging a producer and saying, I'm just so scared. I loved when they had the fantasy date and Colton and Cassie like shooed them out. And he, you know, completely broke that Mm -hmm. fourth wall Mm -hmm. and was acknowledging, you know, all the people there and saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. But now get out. And then they were like, oh, wait, I have mics on. I loved all of that. Yeah, I think he did the right thing. I'm not sure that Cassie did the right thing. Yeah. And I really do like them together. But in the end, I'm not sure that it is going to last. Yeah,
0: I totally, totally agree. But I will say, Rebecca, one thing that I have heard you say through the many years on Sort of Awesome, when, when The Bachelor and all things Bachelor Nation have popped up, is how fun it is to to not only watch the show, like watching the show is like only a small part of the experience.
1: <laughs> it's true. I, I dedicate hours outside of showtime to this podcast. Yes.
0: I'm like, now that the season's to over this, to the show, now that this season is over, I feel like I have my life back a little. <laughs> 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 because not only the the whole reason besides your influence, also Knox and Jamie's recaps that they do for their Patreon supporters got me into it. But then you started telling me these other podcasts. Like, I totally love After Buzz TV's recaps now that you turned me on to. Like, there's so much extra thing, all these extra things that you can indulge in and think about and listen to and partake in as part of the community. And I, like, for the first time, I'm not even kidding. And I know there's probably lots of superstars who are like, I can't believe we're talking about The Bachelor for 15 minutes. But here's the thing. It is such a fun communal experience. I'm not even on Twitter, but I will like log into Twitter to read hashtags and and, like read people's commentary.
1: I used to live tweet the show. I don't do it quite as much anymore, but live tweeting was always so much fun for me. And then now I just get so caught up in what everybody else is tweeting. They tweet along all these funny gifs and memes to go along with what is happening with the show and. Every commercial break, I am opening my phone and going to Twitter and seeing what people are saying live in the moment is so much fun. It
0: really is. I I really do get it now. And I I guess the thing that big takeaway here is for those of you who listen to or I'm sorry, watch The Bachelor or whatever, even if you're totally not interested in reality TV, it is so fun to every now and again get to be part of a a thing that's happening in our culture when it's happening in real time. I think most of us, like so much of our entertainment, we're binging shows. And maybe we're binging shows that came on years ago, or we're, you know, there's just so much that doesn't happen in real time because of all of the options that we have for how and when we watch something. But to get to experience a thing that's happening in real time, that's pretty low stakes. I mean, who cares? It's The Bachelor. So it's not like, I mean, there are moments in time that we all experience. For example, you know, next year is going to be another presidential election year. So there's going to be conventions and, you know, the primaries and all of these things that we will all experience in real time. But The Bachelor is so low stakes. And it's just goofy and fun. And I don't know, it just it was really a great experience to get to do it all as it was happening. So I thank you for your influence on my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you're welcome. And superstars, if you need more bachelor in your life, yes. I legit wrote 1400 <laughs> words about the bachelor and not just about like the bachelor, but specifically about bachelor resources, my favorite podcasts, my favorite books, my favorite people to follow on Instagram. So we'll put the link in the show notes or you can just go to simplyrebecca.com and you'll find it there on the homepage. But my favorite, most favorite bachelor stuff is all there. I break down why I like it, why it might appeal to you. Ugh, if, if you're craving a little bit more, I, I have plenty for you. <laughs>
0: So fun. Um, I know you texted me as you were writing that. You're like, I just wrote 1,400 words on The Bachelor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I probably could have written more. (laughs) But hey, from one social media and cultural phenomenon to another, Meg, you have had a bit of an aha moment here about YouTube. It's tell, tell us it's what <laughs> what is happening in your life with YouTube.
0: Again, this is partially your influence because from the beginning, I'm, you have. I'm here for it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you have been singing the praises of YouTube. You sent. You are so good to send me um, different videos and and all kinds of things, YouTube. But remember, too, you guys. My family is completely entrenched in YouTube culture. Every single. Person in my family, except for me. My husband watches a lot of gaming channels. He doesn't even play video games, but he likes to watch. He kind of has it on in the background as he's doing other things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so he is totally, he has his YouTubers that he loves. My girls, of course, being tween and teenagers have their YouTubers all of their friends have their youtube channels that they love um they love everyone from like shane dawson and his conspiracy theory videos um to james charles and his makeup and his vlogs and jeffree star you know just like all these people i know all (laughs) their names i never watch their videos
1: (laughs) and i watch all of those do you really I do. I do. Now, I do. I, will. I fell in love with Shane Dawson last year. Yeah. I never used to watch his stuff. I thought it was just like ridiculous, like raunchy, yes. stupid stuff. Yeah. And now and some of it can be. Yes. But then when he started creating these like documentary style yes. videos with um other YouTubers, I really I really got invested.
0: He has really grown, I think, as a, as a creator.
1: I, his
0: old stuff, definitely. And sometimes it slips into his new stuff. He can be quite off color, but, uh, the conspiracy theory videos, I think are interesting. And the girls and I will actually watch those together. And then we'll talk about him. And it's like kind of this, you know, bonding and connection point with them. Um, I don't really like some of the other channels, but Daisy, my oldest, who's a musician and super into all things music, she finds these, you know, YouTube is like um an incubator for up and coming artists, these independent artists that are, you know, writing their own music and performing it and playing it. So she has certain artists that she follows that she discovered on YouTube. Um, There's just so much. So anyway, my girls are into it. The twins, of course, are like the stereotypical kids that love... <laughs> All of those. Oh my gosh, what are some of their favorites? Um, well, they definitely love Ryan Toys Review, which is like one of the highest earning channels on YouTube.
1: Which yes, I that kid is a millionaire.
0: It's crazy. I know. I find it to be wildly annoying, but my twins have definitely contributed to his wealth. <laughs> um, but they love to. They watch all of the like the fun imaginary people playing with toys. Um, all of it. So this is a long, this it was a long walk to get here, but here's what I'm trying to say. I finally, I finally have had a YouTube epiphany in that I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually get it. I, here's how it started. I was like, I need to put together a baby registry. We don't have any baby things. And people are asking like, what can we get? And those types of things. So I was like, I literally don't even know (laughs) what baby products are right now. So I went to YouTube and I started searching things like, um, Newborn must-haves, newborn haul, registry must-haves, just ra- random things like that. And through that, I realized I actually do like YouTube, and I have found my thing. It's really like home and family vloggers, okay, on YouTube. Thank you for receiving this so non-judgmentally because I have been <laughs> like, I can't believe. What? All these years, I'm like, I've just been like, oh, YouTube. Oh, I don't get it. I don't who. I don't know. I just <laughs> did not have very much enthusiasm for it. But now, I actually have channels that I love to watch. Like one that I super love is called Farmhouse on Boone, and they have their family has five kids. They just did this huge remodel on this really darling farmhouse. She's really minimalist minded, very natural family living. I found her because I was looking for a baby wearing video and um, found her channel. And now I'm like, I get it. Like I'm really invested in their life. I've watched this whole farmhouse come together and it's just, I, I'm i just like, I get it. I understand now this a thing that people have with their YouTubers that they follow.
1: You get attached to the person. Yeah. Are, are these people, are they creating daily vlogs or is it less the, often?
0: The, the 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 people I watch regularly, like From House on Boone, there's another channel called But First Coffee, um, Jordan Page, Fun Cheap or Free, I'm sure she's like wildly famous. I'm sure you've probably caught some of her videos. It's not daily vlogging like a day in the life of, although right. sometimes they will do, especially those um, channels that have like newborns, they'll do like a day in the life of a newborn or whatever, um, which I don't necessarily watch those. I'm like, I'm, I know exactly what that's <laughs> like. <laughs> but mostly they're more topic-oriented. So like Farmhouse on Boone, it'll be like, here's the reveal of our farmhouse kitchen or whatever. Um, She also does a lot of sewing, which I don't even know how to sew very much, but she's like kind of doing sewing tutorials and how to, you know, an easy way to sew a skirt and those types of things. So it's really more topic-driven, but she puts out like three videos a week, so it's pretty
1: frequent. Well, and that's the type of video that I tend to prefer over a daily vlog. A daily vlog, I feel like the titles can end up being really clickbaity, and I just don't quite enjoy them as much. But I certainly have people that I have gotten invested in, them as a person, and I watch because I really like them, not even because I really love what they talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, some like beauty gurus. I am never using their makeup techniques, but I really like them. And yeah, it's just bigger than that. Now, last time I was on an overflow in January, we were talking about YouTube then too, and the battle between PewDiePie and T series. (laughs) Yeah. I have an update. Okay. So for a brief moment in February, PewDiePie was defeated by T-Series for a whole whopping 10 minutes. For 10 minutes, he was not the most subscribed to YouTuber. And when I logged into my phone just now, when we were getting ready to record to get a little bit of an update, um, I noticed that something crazy was happening because there was 13,000 people watching the live feed of the subgap. And when I clicked on it, the subgap was like, it was in eight, like 800 But it now now since has gone up over a 1,000. So both channels have 90 million subscribers. That's insane. I don't get it. I don't get it either. 90 million subscribers. And it looks like PewDiePie could be defeated today, but probably not because his numbers are going back up.
0: (laughs) Okay. I have a question for you about PewDiePie. Um, A couple of people have brought this up. And I kind of even wondered about it, too, when we were first talking about it. Some of his... He has he comes with a reputation for sure. Yes, he does of controversy. Yeah. So, um, with some you know remarks that he's made, and then response to the remarks, whatever. Um, Do since this whole thing has happened, like what kind of content is he creating right now? Is it is it is he still like kind of being a little bit controversial, or is it more? I'm just curious. Here is what it is. I'm curious if this race to be to stay at the top has changed his persona or his kind of content that he's creating or are you just watching to keep an eye on what happens and don't necessarily watch
1: his videos? Well, I'm mostly just keeping an eye on what happens. I do watch some of his videos from time to time, but um, maybe not even the whole video. He, I know he has had some controversy in the past and people, he made like a Nazi joke or something that just did not go well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. for like obvious Mm -hmm. reasons and Mm -hmm. he did some sort of apology video but ever since then it seems like traditional media is very tuned into what he's saying and taking everything like very seriously and literally and so there have been things that he has been in the news for for certain videos that i personally watched and was like well that's not actually all that crazy like you're like they're blowing some things out of proportion um for instance he was all over the news here recently for promoting uh, a channel that had some hidden nazi related content in one of its videos and he's like i i didn't watch that video i wasn't promoting that video i didn't know that this channel did that he removed the channel it was one of like 20 or 30 channels that he was promoting. He edited his video to remove that. But then that just like blew up. Like everybody was like, oh, am I going to see he is a Nazi? Yada, yada, you know? So um, some of it is like legit and and truly is controversial. And he's not like clean by any means Um, in general. Some of it I think is just completely blown out of proportion. And he's kind of an easy target because he's at the top. And so people just kind of, tear apart everything that he does but his content in general is gaming i never watch any of his gaming videos so i can't speak to those at all he also does something called meme reviews where he has a reddit and then he'll like comment on and like make fun of memes that people are submitting for him to review in his videos i watch some of those some of those can be kind of racy And controversial, I suppose, but not, I mean, not really. I mean, I don't know. It's not that bad. And then he also does this, like, fake news show where he talks about people who mess up. Uh, And he talks, he'll say things like, you know, YouTube did an oopsie and, you know, Shane Dawson did an oopsie. And then he'll, like, go in and, like, talk about what's happening in Internet culture and where people are, like, messing up in, like, in the news. So, those I find the most interesting. When he talks about YouTube and YouTube culture, those I find fascinating. He did one on burnout a while ago that was just, I was just glued to my screen. I find those very fascinating. But his other st- gaming stuff, pff, I don't even watch. And his yeah. meme reviews, eh, give them or take them. But yeah. So, I do not promote him as a role model by any means. I don't suggest that you even watch him, but I think that the whole context of, in terms of YouTube culture, I find extremely fascinating.
0: It's a whole thing. And there's a, there's a controversy a minute on YouTube and various, and all the various, you know, parts of YouTube. So. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about something way, way, way less controversial. (laughs) But Something that affects all of our lives, really, day to day life that has nothing to do really with internet culture, or maybe it does, I don't know, um, is friendship. And last month when Kelly put out the call to you all superstars in our superstar hangout group on Facebook, one of the questions that we did not get to at the time that I did not get to discuss with Kelly, but I wanted to circle back to was from superstar Rebecca. So she just Ask briefly, I'm curious about your strategies for keeping up friendships in real life. And Rebecca, I thought you would be the perfect person to have this conversation with because first of all, you're an Enneagram six. So you're a loyalist type. They are known for really being strong in friendship and being really deeply committed to the people they are friends with. Also, I know just from, you know, my, my involvement in your life and, and for the past years, the close um, friendship that we've had, I know that in your community, you have a really strong group of friends that seems like you guys are really connected and really dedicated to staying connected. So I was wondering if you could kind of give us your thoughts on Rebecca's question about your strategies for keeping up with friendships in real life.
1: Well, you're certainly right that as a loyalist, Enneagram 6, I do tend to hold on to relationships, and it's even something that, as I've seen relationships just naturally fade away, that has personally grieved me when there's been some friendship breakups in my life, that is something that has deeply, deeply disturbed me. It really, friendship is something that is really hard for me to let go of. And so these types of things come very naturally to me, but I can certainly see how they might not be natural for everyone. Now, as far as maybe friendships from college and friendships from high school, I have moved away from both of those communities. So the main way that I would keep in touch with people is social media. It is um, texting, the app Voxer, which you know is like a walkie-talkie type of app. Um, and I just kind of pre- periodically just check in on people. Uh, when I have the opportunity for face-to-face time with those long-distance friends, I take it. But those friendships obviously are a lot harder to maintain, long-distance relationships. I think everybody can you know, agree to that. But what I do have is a very tight, strong, close friendships here in Lancaster County. You're very right about that. What happened, I think my situation is, is a bit unique. What happened was when we joined our church, there was a new uh, small group that was forming for— engaged or early married couples. And we decided to join that small group because the timing was just perfect. Nate and I had just gotten engaged. We were planning on staying in this church for a while. We're like, well, this is going to be a good way for us to get connected because we this church was brand new to both of us. Neither one of us had grown, grown up in this church. We had only been attending for a little while. So we started in this small group, and that small group met for, I want to say, six years. It oh, met for wow. a long time. Yeah. So we were meeting, I think it was maybe once a month or twice a month. It went through different seasons, but we, this was all before we had kids. So, you know, our freedom, our freedom was there. Our schedules were a little bit more flexible. Our daily life demands were different and we really did invest in each other. And a lot of what we talked about with like the men and women it seemed like we kind of like separated off a lot at times so the the women were like talking and the men were talking all just kind of about just different life stuff like how do we do this grown-up thing how do we do this marriage thing how is this all working it got really intimate really fast and then what happened was we experienced um some real life trauma in our group and i feel like walking through that really solidified a lot of these relationships for us. So we stopped meeting as a small group for several years, and then we kind of joined back up again. Not everybody is still attending um, the small group. We've, um, you know, some people have moved on to other churches or, you know, have just those some relationships have been released for a variety of reasons. But we do still have this main core group of people and these are my absolute best closest friends and so we're meeting with them on a fairly regular basis to just socialize and pray for each other share about our lives but for my and then those girlfriends are like my best of best friends and we have a boxer group we talk in that like every single day <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. we we even have multiple Voxer chats. So I will like side Vox or private Vox with different people. Um We have one that's dedicated just to food and like what we're making for supper because we're always talking about like how to handle supper things. We have one that's just for logistics so that if we're talking about getting together for a girls night or something like that, we don't lose all of that in our regular day-to-day chatter. I mean, we are on Voxer like it. it sometimes it's like too much, <laughs> that's a lot for you to say it's too much well, we have gotten to know each other very very well because with Voxer yeah. you can talk and talk and talk and nobody can interrupt you so you can exactly. say absolutely everything that you want to say yeah. and get all of your words out and I think through Voxer we really have truly gotten to know each other so we started with a small group we're still attending that small group we took it to Voxer and then the third thing that we do is we have regularly scheduled girls nights we have them on the calendar every six weeks it's a reoccurring date that goes on our calendar and so if you can't make one it's not that big a deal because just another month and a half there's going to be another one and we just make it a priority the men that are in this small group there i mean they're also really good friends and some of my husband's best friends they have a reoccurring guys night that happens it's also every six weeks, but they're like in between. So every three weeks, somebody's supposed to be getting together. Except I don't know what's wrong with the men; they like never get together. So, <laughs> well, that's it's just men typical. being men, I think. Yeah, you know. Yes, but us girls, we we, we prioritize it. So yes. I think like having something on the schedule, something set, something that you can count on, and then also having some way to check in daily. Just today we were talking all about dishwashers and what we want in a dishwasher because I have to buy a new dishwasher. And so I was asking them what they think about it. And you know, it's like such a dumb, boring conversation, but we talked for like an hour of us all sharing our details of what we love in a dishwasher. It, it, you know, it just is like those little things, I think.
0: I think that's so right. And I know a lot of people, including myself, use Voxer as a way to communicate with people that are long distance. Um, Right. I have several Voxer chats with people that literally are all around the country. But one of my most frequent Voxer chats is with my best friend, Catherine, who lives literally 10 blocks from me right here in Oklahoma City. But because our lives, we're both moms and have businesses and all the things, we talk daily on Voxer, but we might only see each other like once a month. Right. So... But, you know, a million years ago, Laura Tremaine and I did that episode, um, Sort of awesome 10 friends every woman needs. And I talked about having a freezer friend. And it was because of the fact that Catherine and I (laughs) literally will on Mondays we'll do our grocery pickups or grocery shoppings or whatever. And we'll like talk about what we got and what we're gonna eat that week. And yes. Yes. The the whole freezer thing started because she was telling me that she had like a whole chicken in the freezer that she was pondering whether she should defrost it. Like there was like a 10-minute thing that she left on Boxer, and then she came back and she was laughing so much, she was like, now you know everything that's in my freezer and we just started calling it being freezer friends because that i think voxer gives you the the ability to get that involved in daily life yes and that is truly that is the foundation of friendship so i know not everybody can either do voxer it's it can be a lot of words especially for our more introverted friends i think there's a struggle there with a lot of words and keeping up um also, sometimes you want to be on Voxer, but you can't get your friends to get on it. So other ways of doing it, whether it's even sometimes just like the comments on Instagram or texting or having a group text. Um, Laura and I have a group text with two of our other best friends from high school. We literally live from coast to coast and everywhere in between. But just checking in with each other every now and again and like, oh, I saw this was going on on Instagram. Tell us more about that kind of thing. Even just like using social media as a springboard to to have those um, more personal, like more like intimate conversations with each other, I think is so important.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. And of course, the face to face time, too, is just crucial at some point. You know, at some point you need to be face to face. Yes. I love that you
0: guys have it on the calendar. That way it eliminates decision fatigue. You don't have to be like, who can get together this week? And so if it's just like a rolling date, and it's just on the calendar, like you said, like some, hopefully most of the time you can be there, but sometimes you can't and it's like not a big deal. You'll just catch the next one. That is so smart, Rebecca. I love that.
1: What we were finding was if we had girls night, maybe once every four months or six months, it was such a pain to schedule because everybody really, truly wanted to be there. And our lives are just crazy. Some of us work at night. I mean, we all have kids. It just was so chaotic to try to schedule it. And so having it on the regular just really eliminated that like panicness of, oh, but somebody can't come. And then it gets pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Yeah. But what you said about introverts is really true. Just this week, one of the girls in our chat said, I'm so behind on messages, guys. I think I have like 600 unheard messages in here. And I have to tell you, I have never, (laughs) never had that many unheard messages. I pick up my phone and have some unheard messages. And it's like a glorious day. Just this earlier this week, I had like 36 unheard messages. And I was like, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> this is amazing. I can't wait to catch up. And I have I will like never mark them all as heard and just declare Voxer bankruptcy. Oh. Like, that's just not, that's just me. <laughs> I just can't. Do
0: now, it. listen, I'm a fellow extrovert, but I have declared Voxer bankruptcy more than once in more than one chat. Never in one-to-one chats. One-to-one, I always listen to the messages for sure. But in group chats where I just get behind, I will just pop my head and be like, Voxer bankruptcy... Starting fresh here, <laughs> catch me up on anything huge.
1: <laughs> I just so I'm a little can't. bit the worsted that way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just crave it so much. I just love it.
0: Well, and it's so fun. It's like having your own personal podcast
1: to catch up on. Yes. That's,
0: you know, like it's about your life and about your friends. Yes,
1: so. yes, 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 yes. Speaking of your life, Meg yes. Teats. Yes. You are pregnant. Yes. We <laughs> – we are craving a pregnancy update did kelly pick out some music are you gonna in- insert some <laughs> music here Ooh, she baby, has baby. not that i know of baby 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 <laughs> monthly update Baby,
0: we need to give <laughs> her a little nudge Push. she's been pretty busy um but we need to give her a nudge to see if we're going to have any um, bumper music on this.
1: <laughs> what was the other one that was suggested? There's another one that was suggested that was so good.
0: Well, I think Amy Grant's Baby Baby was suggested. Um, I don't knows? remember. I don't remember how to sing that one. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it for you.
1: Oh, come on. That was cute. <laughs> no, no, I can't do it. Baby,
0: baby, I'm taking it. Having along to it right now. um Okay, yes, I am very pregnant for real. As this episode drops, I'll be 26 weeks, which means I'm just about to wrap up the second trimester. Oh my goodness! And it's totally freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, I okay. Part
1: of me was like, "Oh shoot, we need to
0: record some <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay, so there's that part of it. Um. Really, April and probably most of May is going to be very, very, very intense recording, lots of things to get ready for the summer um, maternity break for me, but so that we can continue to have content, um, new episodes coming out for you all. So there's that. I'm freaking out about that first and foremost. And I do have plans to get, um, maybe by the time this, actually, yes, by the time this awesome overflow comes out, I will have gotten instructions to you all about how to um, apply for, I guess you could say, how to nominate yourself for a sort of awesome summer story. So that's a thing. Then, just like our family the other night at dinner, I was like, you guys, we have like, at the time, I was like, we have 14 weeks. I mean, best case scenario, if I fully go to 39 weeks, we have like 14 weeks until the baby's here. Does anybody else? I was like asking the family, how do you all feel about that? Does that feel like a long time away? Or and all of them were like, yeah,
1: that seems like it's still a long way away. <laughs> I'm like, not to me. No, but it's not. You're wrong. You're all wrong. Every single one of you. Yes, you all are incorrect.
0: Also because the spring, when you have a family, you have kids in school, this spring is the craziest time of year. It's like the second coming of the winter holidays because again, we have a musician, we have concert season. There's concerts, it feels like every other week. I have an eighth grader and a fifth grader, so they're finishing at their schools, and there's all of those like little last this and last that and it is gonna be bananas. We are not even a little bit ready for a baby. <laughs> Not even a little.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. So (laughs) that's that's where I am. Are you shuffling around any bedrooms or anything like that?
0: Um, Well, we don't have room to shuffle bedrooms. But I do know, and this does give me some peace, I've really come to the conclusion we are just a family. We are a couple, Kyle and I. We keep our babies in the room with us. Usually for at least like the first year. Yeah. Okay. So this time, instead of getting a crib and all of the things, um, we'll just have either like a bassinet. Kyle liked having the um, Arms Reach Co Sleeper with the twins. It backs, it like goes right up alongside the bed. There's not a rail in between. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. He really liked that. I just, it's so clunky and big. I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so we'll have some kind of something in here, either a co-sleeper, a bassinet, something. Um, and then as baby grows, I even thought we might even do like a portable crib that we can put. So he'll, so we know we're having a boy. He'll eventually room in with the twins. And I was thinking about maybe in the twins room is right next door to ours. So I thought I could do a portable crib that I could he could nap in the twins room during the day and then come in here, move the crib in here at night. I don't know. All of that is to say eventually he'll be in with the the big brothers. But yeah. for now I'm just I'm really like, okay, let's take this one developmental stage at a time. And I know for right now he'll be in here with us. So
1: yeah, but that's so smart because I get so bogged down on needing to plan out everything and needing to know how it's all going to work. And you just don't, you just don't always need, you don't need to know, like you just do what you need to do. And then when that changes, you change it. I mean, it's not that revolutionary, but for some reason, my brain just
0: doesn't work like that. I know. (laughs) I know. I think really just having come to this point, like, I also, I mean, I think I probably tend to lag behind, like, like, even, you know, the baby will be ready for his own space, and, and it'll be time, and I have a hard time, I really do have a hard time making those transitions, and mm-hmm. I know that about myself. So I'm kind of going into it just like, we're just going to play it by ear, and when we, we'll we know when it's time to be like, okay, now it's time for this phase to happen, and now we've got to make these accommodations. But I don't have to have all of those problems solved by the last week of June.
1: <laughs> no, you don't. You really, really don't. Are you feeling physically? Um,
0: I had a bit of a rough month. March has been hard for me. Um, I did. I mentioned on the February overflow that I was having a hard time with my gestational diabetes with overnight fasting numbers. And I figured at the time, and this turned out to be true that my doctor is going to put me on a little bit of a prescription for overnight. And that's mostly helping. It's still not as low. My blood sugar overnight is still not as low consistently as it needs to be. So we may have to make a further adjustment there. Um, I did find out, and I actually shared this on my personal Instagram, um, that I'm measuring a little bit ahead. Okay. And one of the big complications of gestational diabetes can be polyhydraminose, where you have too much amniotic fluid, which I had with one of the twins, Mac, because they were identical. They shared a placenta, but they each had their own amniotic sac. Okay. And he had poly. <laughs> but not John Kyle, which is so weird. Um, I'm thankful they didn't both have it. I don't think I would have made it to 35 weeks if they had, but there's some complications that come with that. Like having to go in bed rest, or if you've had multiple C-sections, like I have, um, possible uterine rupture. I mean, like it's, it can be a pretty big deal. Right. So I had a little freak out about that. Um, but I'm feeling better. I'm feeling like, okay, We're just again, I've got to dial it back and just take it one day at a time and keep making the best decision that I can for the day that's ahead of me. Um, so there's that. What else was I going to say physically? Oh, well, and with nearing the end of the second trimester, I really can't. I'm starting to feel that fatigue, that third trimester fatigue already start to creep in, which again, freaks me out because we have so much going on. So, Rebecca, a huge thing that's related to this pregnancy is I'm really, really, really having to let go of my control issues about how things get done around the house. Kyle has the girls doing the evening kitchen cleanup, which is so hard for me because I'm like, you guys aren't doing this right. Nobody sprayed down the counter last night. (laughs) But I'm having to be like, okay, it's okay. Nobody sprayed down the counter last night. We can try again tonight. And in the meantime, I'll just spray. It'll take me like a minute. (laughs) But I really, I have some deep-seated control issues when it comes to the way things get done around the house, but I'm having to, like, accept the reality. Like, I'm going to be really out of commission this summer, Yeah, and we have all these kids, and they can do lots of things to help, and my husband always is willing to help. I just need to let it go. Let it
1: happen. So. You need to make them a checklist. Yes, I truly
0: do. I have thought about that, like laminating a checklist that goes yeah. on the refrigerator door. Like if you're in charge of kitchen cleanup, do this, 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 and this.
1: It it will get better. But right now you are in that messy stage of it feels easier to do it yourself. But it, you push but, through it, yeah. teach them, and eventually it will be glorious that you don't have to do it. But right now, yes, it is – that's the darn thing about chores, man, and teaching your kids how to clean is that, ah, you got to just get through that messy stage of teaching and instructing.
0: (sighs) I know. It's so hard, and that is why I haven't done it. I mean, my oldest is 14. There's literally no reason why she hasn't learned how to do some of this stuff yet, except for the fact that I just have taken the easy route, which is doing it myself. So.
1: Anyway, that's how are you coming on names? We do have a name. Oh, you do for sure. Is this a surprise? Do you keep it to yourselves until the birth? We do.
0: It's the only thing that we keep as a surprise since we are pretty early tellers of just the pregnancy in general. And we always share gender ahead of time. The name is like the one thing we keep private until he's born. So
1: but that feels really good. I'm very excited about it. Have you told your children? Do they know the name? They do know
0: the name. The twins know the name. The twins know him by the nickname that we'll call him. So I have a feeling that, like, teachers are going to know other people in our real life. Right. Like, my sister knows because she was here over spring break, and the twins call the baby by his nickname. So anyway, a few people are going to know. Yeah. because the kids know <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that is the tricky thing right <laughs> yes but the public announcement will come when like, okay. he gets here well so. that's exciting you have the rebecca stamp of approval on that decision
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you
1: <laughs> all right well i
0: think that covers everything we wanted to talk about we always have more awesome to discuss than i think we're going to so thank you for getting together with me to talk about these things um as we go into these next few months, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that we're really heading into spring season. It's going to be the end of the school year for a lot of people. It's really happening. 2019 is like in full force right now. So, yeah. Um, any other closing thoughts or things you want to tell us and well, remind
1: us where we can find you, all the things? I just checked the sub gap again, and it's back over <laughs> 4,000. So PewDiePie lives to rain another day. <laughs> Oh my my. gosh, that's so
0: funny. Okay, Okay, so you... You mentioned your blog post, which is at Simply Rebecca.
1: Yes. So the blog post all about my favorite Bachelor podcasts and books. And guys, I have listened to and tried many. So I have narrowed it down to my favorites. I also have some blog posts in there where I don't necessarily recommend that you subscribe and listen to every episode, but they had some standout episodes. I recommend those listens in particular. So if the idea of subscribing to a podcast feels daunting and overwhelming, because, um, you know, you need to prioritize your sort of awesome content, Uh, but you want to dedicate just an hour or two to something, then I have some just one-off episodes, recommendations in there too. So you can find that at simplyrebecca.com and that's where I talk about mostly parenthood, homemaking, things like that. Rarely The Bachelor, but I had a lot of words about this week. But when you talk about The Bachelor, you really talk yes. about The Bachelor. <laughs> but you can also find me, of course, on Instagram. Guys, I'm loving Instagram. Please come follow me there. It's so much fun. And I do talk about The Bachelor there from time to time in my Instagram stories. Instagram stories is just one of my most favorite things. So I'd love for you to find me at Simple Rebecca on Instagram.
0: Okay. Same for me. I'm on Instagram. It's sort of awesome Meg. Um, and I'm trying to do better. I'm nowhere near Rebecca's Instagram stories gang, but I'm working on it.
1: <laughs> They're good, Meg. You're too hard on yourself.
0: Oh, well, and also I just need to up the frequency. You're so good about getting on there and actually doing them. I have ideas and then I just don't make it happen. So I'm working on it.
1: Well, yeah, it happens. Yes. Um, you have a lot going on. Yes, I do. There's a few
0: things going on. (laughs) Um, You guys, if you have not joined us in the Superstars Hangout group on Facebook, we would love to have you. I know some of you may be a little bit more Facebook-averse. I totally understand that. Um, But really, it's such a great small group. There's about 500 of us in there, and we get really in-depth into conversations, share things that we wouldn't necessarily want to share with a, a larger group, And also, you know, announcements and other things like that. So if you haven't joined us over there, you can do that by going to facebook.com slash groups slash S A superstars. All you need is your email address that you signed up for Patreon with so we can verify that you are in fact a superstar and we'll get you right in. So don't forget that we have the spring swap going on right now. It's going to wrap up next month. That has been so fun. So we have lots of fun things going on right now for our superstars. And again, we are so, so thankful for all of you and for your support. So you guys, thanks so much for your support for your support and for listening. And we'll see y'all next time.